welcome to another episode of Real Lit. As always, I'm your host, Kristen, and I do have my counterpart with me, Kendra. Hi. <laughs> Hopefully all of our listeners are social distancing and quarantining and, you know, that way this virus doesn't keep spreading and we can just all get on with the rest of our lives. Um, before we kick off the books and the movies that we talked about and watched, um, let's start with a random question. Ooh, okay. All right. So what do you miss most about pre-quarantine life? I, I hate my answer. I really do. I hate that this is how I feel. Don't judge me. I miss my job. (laughs) I, I miss my children. I miss like every single freaking thing about my job. I hate sitting here and doing this on the computer. It sucks. Ah, yes. And like, I miss laughing every day. (laughs) I think you're the uh, only person on the planet that (laughs) misses their job. (laughs) But maybe (laughs) that's coming from somebody who's stuck to a computer every day now at home. And like, I wish I didn't like have to be here but I also don't want to be at work either (laughs) I don't know maybe I'm just bored I don't know well yeah I think um well because like Thomas and I started this like self-quarantining thing since we started dating so (laughs) I'm pretty used to it um you guys were really on top of this (laughs) we were we were we were preparing we're preppers we were preparing for (laughs) the corona apocalypse oh okay that's Um, (laughs) but at the same time like i don't miss driving 45 minutes to an hour to go to work and then come home every day but I miss having the option of going to a store on the weekend when I have free time and shopping for things yes. because I enjoy retail therapy. Yes, me too. Um, and online and just isn't the same. No, it's not. And <laughs> I can't touch all the things that I wish I could buy that I'm not going to. Right? You can't push all the and, buttons? No, and looking at things online that you want but you can't afford isn't as much fun as doing it in the store. <laughs> Um, but honestly, like I, (laughs) I miss the, having the option to do the things that I didn't normally do on a daily basis. (laughs) Like I could go to the zoo or I could go to medieval times or I could go to the aquarium. Not that we've done any of those things since we moved here, but I have lost the option of doing it. And now I'm upset about it. (laughs) Yeah, I, I understand that. So that's what you miss the most is having the option to do things that you haven't done otherwise. Yes. <laughs> it's sad, but I totally get it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's fine cuz like we read and we play video games and stuff. So like we've had plenty of to do, plenty of stuff to do um <clears throat> to keep ourselves busy. But I couldn't imagine how much I'd probably want to kill myself if we had children. <laughs> trying to work every day and keep them on their schoolwork and entertained afterwards Uh uh-uh I I don't know how people are doing it I honestly don't like nope I don't know I don't know how they do it 
props like all the to you people, guys. The people I work with that are like their teachers and then they have to deal with their children's school and they have to, you know, keep them alive throughout the day. Nope. Nope. Couldn't do it. That's a crazy thought because like you don't think about um, the kids who don't want to be at home. Yeah. Or like when the college closed down, all I could think about were the people that we knew that left college and they essentially left home. Like their relationship with their family wasn't good. So So they moved to college and like now they either have to go back to their house, which they basically left with the understanding they weren't going to have to go back to or find somewhere else to live. (laughs) And nobody's hiring right now because everything's closing. So it's just this whole thing has been fucking bananas. I agree. And that's the word I keep using too. Bananas. <laughs> Gwen Stefani would be proud. Uh, she would. She she <laughs> was right on the money about all of this. This shit really is bananas. It absolutely is. Speaking of bananas. All right. Reading, <laughs> rereading a book I read when I was like seven years old was bananas. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it has been the most interesting experience and i cannot wait to talk to you about it oh boy Um, so who should go first do you want to go first i mean i can i'm gonna go off a little bit though that's fine i'm excited okay you can go first (laughs) okay so i read and watched warm bodies and first of all this is the first full book i have read not in book form, if that makes sense. Like, um, it was all digital. I don't do that. I kind of hate it, but I kind of like it. I don't know. Mixed feelings. I, I really do. Like, I, I miss not holding a book, and I couldn't tell, like, how close I was to being done. Oh, like the that's per- the most annoying thing for me about reading online. Right? Like, the percentage at the bottom is great and all, except it, I don't know, it's not the same. <laughs> No, it's nice when you're holding the book and it's hard to hold at first because it's like big and then you get through the middle and you're like, oh shit, now it's even harder to hold because you're trying to open it completely in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's nice to see the pages like slowly. Yeah. And like you get towards the end and you're like, oh, okay, I can totally finish this tonight. And then it's like three hours later and you're like, wow, I overestimated how quickly I can read. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's it's nice. It's very nice. (laughs) But aside from that, This book was wildly different from the movie, and I had no expectations. Like, (laughs) I, I don't. I've I've only seen the movie. I've never I've never read the book, so I don't know anything about the book. Generally speaking, I cannot read a book after I've watched the movie. Same. But in this case, I'm kind of glad I did, if that makes any sense at all. Because usually. If I've seen the movie, I watch, or, wow, if I've seen the movie, I go to read the book, and I'm like, mm I'm bored. I already know what's going to happen. This is stupid. This book didn't feel like that at all. Is it that different? It, it's ridiculously different. For no reason. It's like a book that I'm sure we'll eventually talk about, The Giver. It's like that. They're wildly different for no reason. Oh yeah, I'm sure we'll definitely talk about the giver. Oh. <laughs> that's a that's a thing in and of itself. 
Uh, but, okay. So, the book starts off with R, our main dude, our main zombie mm-hmm. dude. And he's, he's in the airport, which is the same. Mm-hmm. Except he starts off describing himself dressed in a suit and tie, and he thinks he was some sort of businessman. And the movie starts off, it's him in the airport wearing a hoodie, and he says, my outfit would suggest that I'm unemployed. It's like... <laughs> Polar opposite. For no reason. <laughs> like, I don't... I, I don't understand why they felt the need. To make a joke, I guess, that somebody I, who wears just normal street clothes must be unemployed. I don't know, but I... Oh. It annoyed me from the beginning, but <laughs> I got super into the book. Uh, I love the book. It kind of ruined the movie for me a little bit. Oh, no. I, I still love, love the, the movie. movie. The movie's so funny, and it's so good. And basically all of the actors in that movie at the time anyway hadn't done a lot they're True. still not super big yeah i don't think nicholas holt had been in x-men yet no i don't no, think so. so and he had done skins before that yeah yeah well that was like a long ass time ago and but i mean nobody really knew him and the girl is What's her name? Because she was in... Which uh, girl? I Am Number Four. Yes. That one. And then her friend, the weird one. Oh, Teresa Palmer, right? Yes. And then the weird girl that's friends with her is the the girl from Crazy Stupid Love. (laughs) She's also... Did you know she was on America's Next Top Model? I'm sorry, what? Yeah. She's she's a model? She was a model. That's where she started. I, neither did I. I like I, I MDB'd her because I'm like, who is she? What did I know her from? And it was Crazy Stupid Love. But turns out, I watched the whole season of America's Next Top Model that she was on. Never picked it up. Never. <laughs> she doesn't even look like the same person. I mean, she does. I just sort of forgot about it. I guess I don't know. Oh my god. Oh, wait, so you're saying that you had watched the season that she was in, but you didn't even notice that that was the same person? Yeah. Didn't recognize her from that at all. Was totally shocked when it said America's Next Top Model. That's fucking crazy. (laughs) All right. I don't know. I don't know how to go about talking about this even because they're so different. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So first thing. The movie was super fast-paced, which I understand, because, like, it it has to be. That's how every movie is. They have to cut out certain things. Mm -hmm. But they cut out, like, everything? (laughs) In the book, R has, like, a wife? A zombie wife? The fuck? And, I mean, she's not really important. Like, literally... They they meet and he, he's like, hey, what a cute zombie. And they go on a date, which is literally just them walking around the airport. And then she takes him to church and they're married and that's it. And then the bonies who are like in the book, they're like the gods of the zombies. Mm-hmm. They have like this church and they're like the overseers. 
and they they just bring them two zombie kids that don't match by the way racially or anything they don't match kids don't match the zombies don't match nobody matches (laughs) and they're just like here's your adopted zombie kids and it's a whole thing like he gets an instant family of zombies for no reason (laughs) and they cut it out of the movie completely that's weird no wife no kids I get it. It would have been complicated, but like, I it was weird. I don't know. <laughs> and they even have the kids in the book go with R and Julie when they like do the driving lesson, which was a whole nother thing. <laughs> in the movie, they've got two kids that match, kind of match the description of his kids in the book, standing on the sidelines watching them drive. And I'm like, what? Wh- why? Why would you include that? Yeah, that's kind of weird. The like, whole thing. Like, ugh. Maybe they're, like, nodding to the book and... I mean, it seems... Like, letting the fans of the book know, like, we know that like, this hey, is... we've read the book. <laughs> yeah, essentially, like, we know it's not in the movie, but we know it was in the book, okay? Like, <laughs> we know. We know. <laughs> All right. Um, my, my biggest issue... Yes. with the movie is because of everything they cut out basically the only personality you get to know in the movie is ours mm. which I guess makes sense for the movie because it's from his perspective like it's all narrated through him is the book not narrated through him the book is completely narrated through him however he eats Perry's brain which is Julie's boyfriend Oh, yeah. Dave Franco, right? Yeah, Dave Franco. I'm so good with actors and actresses. Oh, you really are, and I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) But, okay. So he eats his brain, and, like, that's how he gets all these memories of Julie and whatever, because they eat the brain to get the memories and whatever zombies do. Okay. He eats his brain in the book, and, like, he gets way better memories in the book than we see in the movie we get I was actually curious about that in because movie. in the movie you only get these like really weird super quick flashback pictures like images yeah and i was wondering like if they went into more detail in the book because you can describe that way better in a book oh, than yeah. you can in a movie they went into way more detail and then once he like finishes the brain and even at parts while he's eating the brain it's very weird Perry's like communicating with him like he's in sort of like a dream with Perry makes me mildly uncomfortable I mean it it was kind of weird but it was cool like I don't you find out a lot more about Perry this way and Hmm. Perry gets a whole personality and it kind of gets expressed through R It's, it's interesting But you find out in the book that Perry was, like, suicidal. And that's actually why he went on that run where he gets eaten. And then there's, uh, what's her face? Nora, who is Julie's best friend, and Julie sign up to go on the supply run with him because they know where his head is and they want to stop him from doing something stupid. Ah. Which doesn't work, but they try. And in the book, or in the movie, 
Perry just, like, he's barely a footnote. Like, he's there and then he's gone. And in, like, the one scene where R is in a dream with Perry and Julie, he, like, insults him. And that never happens in the book. Huh. Like, he gets frustrated with him, but he never, like, is outright mean to him because Perry wanted to die. Oh. So Perry's the one, it's... Is it Perry? No, no, no. It's Julie's dad that's like the military guy in the movie. Yeah. Julie's dad is the military guy in the movie. Perry's, oh, Perry's dad, dad was the one that died, right? He died in a construction accident. And in the movie, he's a zombie and Julie has to kill him. And that, like they find him when they go through some construction site and it's all zombies. Mm. And it's. Again, barely a footnote, like, Julie shoots Perry's dad in the head right in front of him while Perry's, like, running away from his own father, and that's it. In the huh. book, Perry's dad dies at this construction accident. Turns out Julie's dad probably arranged that construction accident. And then Perry gets shipped to a group home where he sleeps with Nora, and that's how Nora and Julie meet. And... Whoa. Yeah, yeah. It's some, a, like Degrassi shit. It's a whole different thing. <laughs> but um, book-wise, Julie's a much bigger deal. She gets a whole personality. Basically, everybody in the book gets a fleshed-out personality. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 it's about zombies. <laughs> But in the movie, R is literally the only person you find out anything about. And he's not even, I mean, he's technically a person, I guess. He's a zombie, so technically he's a person. Kind of. Uh, let's see. What else? What else? What else? Does the, is the ending the same? No. Okay. Well, no. I guess that was wishful thinking. <laughs> no, literally, I, nothing's the same. Nothing. Okay, so they go from, like, they're, they meet, they're in the airplane, and he's, like, he still does the record player thing, which I like. I liked it in the book better, because he has specific songs that he plays for her, because he can't communicate, because he's a zombie, uh -huh. and he doesn't have a vocabulary, so he just kind of, he plays different Frank Sinatra songs that tell her how he feels. And it's cute. And at one point he doesn't have the record player. So he sings to her. And it's terrible because he's a zombie. And she's <laughs> like. Ew. <laughs> and he's like well I didn't get to practice. Shut up. And it's cute. And they first of all they made none of the music. Frank Sinatra. And they don't have him communicate with it at all. He's just like showing off that he has a record player. Oh. I, I, that's sad. Okay, so then they they learn how to drive, and they screwed that up, because <laughs> she barely teaches him anything. And then they go to the city, like, immediately in the movie. They learn to drive, and then they go to the city. Like, that's it. There's a small conflict with the bonies, and that's, that's it. That's when they leave. Not at all what happens in the book. There's, like, probably 50 to 100 pages in between those two in the book 
Like he gets in a fight with the bonies and people over her, but then they stay for a little bit and then they eventually leave Uh to the city. And then her dad comes to get her in the city because she calls him. Not what happens in the movie. He like tells her that he ate Perry and she gets upset with him. Uh She never gets upset with him in the book. She doesn't even care. She knew that Perry wanted to die and she's like, meh. I mean, I wish you hadn't done it, but meh. It is what it is. Oh, okay. Exactly. Like a lovely person. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so then she abandons him in the middle of like this suburb thing. And he's alone. Happens in both, just completely different ways. And then he starts to walk home and he's all sad. Happens in both. Uh-huh. And he runs into his best zombie friend, M, who is way funnier in the movie than he is in the book. <laughs> I love the guy that plays him in the movie. Me too. My favorite part is when he like he puts his hand on his shoulder at this part, actually, and he goes, bitches, man. It's my favorite. He doesn't say that in the book. In the book, he's like, you have to go after her because you're changing us and whatever. So one advantage of the movie is like you can see the zombies actually changing like they're oh. starting to become more human in the book they keep saying that they're changing but they don't even really describe how they're different he just says that he can see them changing but you don't get yeah. any like I don't know their skin becomes less gray or whatever it's just man eh, there they are they're different okay Um, same thing he has to go find her except in the book when he goes to find her and this is where I got super angry because I didn't even know it was a thing in the book when he goes to find her at her house she's like out on her balcony doing like a tape recorded journal thing So she's, like, talking to herself on the balcony about how in love with this zombie she is because she's not mad at him in the book. But she's out there, and she doesn't know he's there, and it's like Romeo and Juliet. (laughs) And I really liked it. And they don't do that in the movie at all. She's just inside telling Nora that she thinks she might like a zombie, and Nora freaks out. (laughs) And then she goes outside, and there he is. That girl is so funny. (laughs) I love her. Yeah. Um, he gets attacked by a dog in the book. Doesn't happen. Attacked by a dog? No balcony scene. Yes, because he smells funny. So this kid's dog, instead of Ah. going potty like he's supposed to, runs up and bites leg. (laughs) (laughs) And these little kids come outside and they're like, "Please don't tell our mom." And he just waves at them, like, no problem, bye. It's so (laughs) stupid. But I loved it. Okay, so then, like, he gets introduced to Nora, and Nora, like, in the book and in the movie, she doesn't really freak out that he's a zombie, which is kind of cool. Because I would. If you were like, (laughs) Uh, hey, Thomas is a zombie, I would be like, hey, what are you doing? Oh my god, Thomas would love to be a zombie. (laughs) 
I would still be like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> they like eat people, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but they decide to take him out to the city. Totally different reasons. In the book, they're taking him out to the city just to have a good time because he hasn't seen human civilization in a uh-huh. really long time and he doesn't remember anything about it. So they just kind of like show him around and they like have a, a short discussion oh. about how weird it is. They take their zombie for a walk. They take their zombie for a walk. In the movie, they take their zombie for a walk because they decide at that moment after he just got there and they literally have no idea what's going on that they're going to take him out and tell her dad, the commander of the whole freaking town, that zombies are changing and it's mm. because they fell in love and yeah. it doesn't make any sense once you've read the book <laughs> because in the book they're just hanging out and they take him out to the city but my favorite thing that the book and movie did here in the book, it's all through R's perspective. So, like, they put all this makeup on him to make him look like a human. Uh-huh. And they're going to take him out to the city. And he's like, in the book, he says, I wish that I could just skip through this with, like, a music montage instead of the two hours that it actually took for them to change my whole appearance. <laughs> and in the movie, they do the whole thing to a music montage and I was like okay that's pretty cute like I like oh that. yes I love the scene where they're putting <laughs> the makeup on him that's one of the funniest parts and she plays Nora plays what is she some pretty woman does she play pretty woman I think so hmm she plays some, oh yeah it is pretty woman and then she changes it because everybody gets mad at her but I thought it was funny they go through the city In the book, they go to a pub where they're not supposed to be drinking because alcohol is forbidden in this town, which, no thank you. (laughs) It's a zombie apocalypse. What do you think I'm going to do? Oh my god. No mind-altering substances whatsoever, so you can't do anything. Which would not be any fun. But they drink, like, grapefruit juice, and then she finds vodka, and she pours vodka in them, and they have a good time. Ah, They get drunk with the zombie. They do, and the zombie gets super drunk, because he's a zombie. And that's my reasoning for everything with him, by the way. Because he's a zombie. Oh, okay. I was like, do you know something about zombies that makes them more susceptible to alcohol than a human? Because I don't. don't I mean, I know know we watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy, but I don't remember that much. I don't know. But he gets super drunk. He, like, ends up knocking these two dudes out outside the bar because they call Julie a bitch. And, you know, he's in love with her. So that's bad. So he (laughs) knocks them out and then he runs away. And then he gets caught being a zombie because it's raining. Because, of course, it's raining. And all the makeup washes off his face because, of course, it does. And he runs into a guard. Yeah. And the guard figures him out and is going to kill him so he kind of eats the guard for a second just a second just no really just a second and then he's like wait no this is wrong i don't want to do this anymore so he stops eating him and then he hides and somehow julie and nora walk back from the bar and they notice the two dudes he knocked out Uh but they don't notice the guard he killed who comes back as a zombie by the way 
<laughs> Which makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. They don't see that, but they don't. They find him. They take him inside. She takes... No. No. He takes her somewhere to where her and Perry used to, like, go? Perry's old house? I don't know. I forget now where they went. But they went somewhere that was important Location of Perry importance. It had, it had something to do with Perry that was important. It doesn't really matter. And that's when she ends up finding out that he ate some dude but didn't eat him completely so he came back as a zombie and now there's a zombie in their town and everybody freaks out. <laughs> Panic! And there's just like, there's so much. So, oh god. And then there's the whole thing with the bonies because the bonies are attacking the city and because the, the regular zombies are changing and they don't like it, which happens in both. But mm. in the book, they make it to the city and they're like fighting the people in the city. It's just, it's a whole, it's a whole mess. Like the whole thing. They're so different. <laughs> um, they run through the, they're running away from all of this stuff. Both the bonies and getting in trouble with her dad, which happens in both but in two completely different ways uh -huh. and in the book she's running from like a guy that she's known her whole life who's like an older general guy and in the movie they're running away from the bonies and they mm -hmm. end up jumping out of the stadium from like 80 floors up and in the book they land on the ground and he gets all broken and in the movie, they land in water and all he does is hit his head and she has to pull him up and it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then her dad in the movie, her dad shoots him and he's bleeding and she goes, oh my God, he's, he's bleeding. And she gets really happy about it. And I kind of hate it. <laughs> I didn't realize how excited she was that he's like bleeding. She's really happy. I get it, because it means he's alive, but at the same time, it was way too happy. Well, and I mean, now he's bleeding, so he's <laughs> alive and injured. <laughs> and I was waiting for that. I was waiting for her to go, you're alive! And for him to go, for a minute? Because that's <laughs> kind of personality. And they didn't do it. Oh. But... I'm trying to think if there's anything else that was, like, super different. I don't. Oh, in the book, her dad tries to kill her. I'm sorry, what? Or in, in the book, Julie's dad tries to kill her and R because they kiss. And when they kiss, he becomes more alive. And her eyes change from blue to gold. They don't really ever explain the significance of that, other than you just are uh... supposed to know that people. They changed the world with their love. And then all the zombies change to not being so zombie-ish. But as soon as he's, her dad sees that her eyes have changed, he's like, shoot her, shoot her, shoot her, shoot them both. And the general is like, dude, that's your kid and she's alive. I don't want to kill her. Huh. And her dad is like, no, kill them or I'll do it myself. And I'm pretty sure her dad dies in the book 
Like they kill him oh, because that's he's interesting. not letting it go. Well, he was a douche in the movie for sure. Oh, he was a douche, but I think he might have been worse in the book. Well, if he was worse in the book, at least if he dies at the end, then yeah. And Julie really cool. didn't care. Like she was well, sad, but not. she was like, "Let's move on." <laughs> She just doesn't care when people die. Perry, fuck him, whatever. <laughs> Dad, fuck you too, whatever. <laughs> well, she cared about her mom. So who, she hates men. Maybe, maybe. But she likes her alive. So, yes. Well, yes. He started out dead, so. True. Which is where she wants men to be. <gasps> wow. So she finds a man who's alive but dead, and that's why she falls in love with him. Oh my God, we cracked the code. Wow. Yeah, we did. <laughs> But they also, so they have, like, this whole thing in the book where she takes R to the cemetery to meet her mom because her mom is dead. Which in the book, they keep referring to it as she left when I was 12. In the movie, her dad killed her, and that's all you hear about it. That's the end. She turned into a zombie, her dad killed her, that was it. Huh. In the book, totally different thing. She, like hated being cooped up in the city she hated being um sort of on lockdown like we all are right now (laughs) (laughs) so she kind of went crazy and she was like fuck it i don't care if i become a zombie and she like ran outside like all crazy and zombies ate her because they're zombies (laughs) they do and that's what they do they eat people (laughs) and she died and then they they buried essentially her dress because there was nothing left of her so they buried her dress in the cemetery and that's where she takes R and it's like a big deal because, you know, he gets to find out something personal and whatever. Mm-hmm. And you find oh, there's so much. She actually has a personality. She doesn't just like exist for him to fall in love with, which is what happens in the movie. Well, yeah, in the movie, I mean, all she does is try to get away from him. <laughs> yeah. And then randomly, all of a sudden, she's in love with him. Well, yeah, because, like, in the movie, you only ever really see her fear because she's just terrified the whole time that he's basically kidnapped her and going to eat her any minute. And then confusion because he's trying to feed her. Yes. (laughs) And, I mean, you don't really learn anything else about her except that her mom died, but you don't find that out until later anyway. Yeah. So, Hmm. that's interesting. Book was a lot deeper. I will give the book that. Like, I I love the book, honestly. I think everybody should read the book. It's a really good book. But (laughs) it ends with the same, not ends with, but it's similar. It ends with a quote, both the book and the movie. Um, Every great thing starts out a little scary, doesn't it? Which I really like. Because it's like that whole, you know, it's scary and then you do it and it's not scary anymore. But in the book, Perry's the one that says it in R's head after eating his brain. Huh. And in That's the interesting. movie, it's definitely R just thinking it for himself because he's a zombie and he can do that shit, I guess. <laughs> I'm bitter about it. <laughs> but yeah, that's it, I think. That's it? I think. Okay, so you liked the book more. Oh, so much more. (laughs) Okay. 
Well, I kind of want to read it, but I just love the movie so much. Like, I love the soundtrack. I love yeah the cast. I love this like interesting inner monologue. Like, not hor- It's not a horror film because it's not no, but this dark like suspenseful movie. Yeah, and I don't know, like. The movie still holds up. Like, it's still funny because that movie's hilarious. Like, ours inner uh-huh. monologue is the best thing ever. <laughs> like, everybody should have a zombie inner monologue because it's hilarious. But I, the book does ruin it just a little bit. But it's still worth reading. Like, I got, I got so many good quotes from that book. <laughs> so good. Well, that's good. All right. Well, I mean, at least they're both good, so. Yeah. Very I mean, true. as far as the book becoming a movie, it's totally fractured, like, nothing alike, really. Yeah, I'm, I kind of want to look up why it was so different. You should. Because it's almost like they, they didn't have full rights to it or something. <laughs> like, it's way <laughs> It's different. like the Walmart brand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like, they were just like, hey, this is kind of, uh, this is based on this book, kind of, sort of. Loosely, but not really. (laughs) We just did what we wanted with it. I don't own the rights to this book. (laughs) That's funny. My experience was much different. Oh, I'm dying to know. Like, I, I, there are certain things that I need to know. (laughs) So, I decided to read... The BFG, mm-hmm. um, which I loved as a child. I read like everything Roald Dahl ever wrote when I was a child <laughs> um, because I loved it. Like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and the Witches and the Fantastic Mr. Fox and Matilda. Like they're all mm-hmm. his books. Um I will definitely say there is a reason why they are meant for children between the ages of six and eight. Oh. Because reading this book as an adult was the most annoying experience (laughs) of my life. I don't know when the last time you read this book was. When I was like seven or eight. (laughs) Um, But the BFG has the most annoying language it's like reading what Jar Jar Binks is saying. Oh my god. And it was so annoying. There were moments when I was like, oh my gosh, this book is so short and it's written in giant letters because it's for children, but I swear to god if I don't finish this, I'm going to kill myself. Because <laughs> oh, the way he talks is so annoying. And there were a lot of things that I feel like an adult notices in that book that completely goes over children's heads, which is for the best because I don't know who Mr. Roald Dahl was, but I can tell you he was probably racist. I, I See, this is what I need to know. I need you to explain this in like every detail. I need to know. Okay, I, I will explain it to you. The very beginning of the book. Okay, so... I'll just give a brief description of the book if nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about, but you should know what I'm talking about. Um, 
the BFG is, it stands for big friendly giant, not big fucking giant, which is pretty much what it should be standing <laughs> for. Um, so it's this book about this little orphan girl named Sophie who, um, it, she lives in an orphanage with like a bunch of other girls and she has a mean old, what are they called? Like a head, like a headmistress or whoever of like the the orphanage she's very mean just like every other (laughs) child book like the headmistress is mean Um, but this this, yes but this bitch really is mean um (laughs) (laughs) anyway she's not allowed to get up in the middle of the night her um but whoever runs the orphanage is very strict you're not allowed to get out of bed at night but Sophie is obsessed with the witching hour. So she's awake because she can't sleep and she goes to the window because it's three o'clock in the morning and she wants to see what the world looks like at three o'clock in the morning because she's a small child and she's curious. Um, Opens the window. She's looking around and that's when she sees this big fucking giant. Um. blowing wispy things into a child's bedroom and then he looks over and sees her and his you know logical reaction is i have to kidnap this child oh my god she saw me so he kidnaps her (laughs) from her bed and takes her off to giant country oh so we already have potential child abuse from this headmistress lady and kidnapping and you're reading this at seven years old. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? So they go to giant country. The giant is actually nice and doesn't eat people. But there's nine other giants that live there that do eat people. Um, but they're not allowed. He had to kidnap her because if he didn't, she would have told the whole world that she saw giants and nobody's allowed to know there are giants and yada yada. So that is why he kidnapped her, which she eventually becomes okay with for some reason. Um, But anyway, he's the big friendly giant. They have a good (laughs) ass time. Um, And then the book takes place in like a 24 hour period. Really? Yeah, like it's she, I don't even think they well they probably did but like barely noticed that she was missing from the orphanage that day because it literally like the night she gets kidnapped their whole conversation and everything all happens within the daytime and then to stop the giants from going to murder children Uh. they execute their plan that night because she wanted to save them oh okay um well, I guess it's a little bit after 24 hours because they don't actually save the children. Um, but they execute their plan the night after. Wait, so are children murdered? Oh, yes. Lots of children are murdered. Do Lots of people are murdered in this book. Do I not remember this book at all? <laughs> so um, you have Big Friendly Giant and Nine Angry Giants that eat people. Uh, um and the big friendly giant instead of eating people he likes to catch dreams and blow them into the windows of children's rooms so they have good dreams every night it's kind of like the uh, sandman okay um okay 
And in the book, he takes Sophie to dreamland and shows her how he catches dreams and that there are nightmares and he catches nightmares um, so that nobody else will get them. If he captures them and holds them, then nobody else will have a nightmare. Okay. Um, and when they come back, um, Sophie tells him, like, the giants are about to leave to go hunting for the night. And every night they stop and tell the big friendly giant where they're going. And they said they were going to England to eat children from one boarding school and another. Okay. Um, and so Sophie's like, we have to stop them. And he's like, we can't. Um, so they devise this plan to capture the other giants the next night so that um, they don't kill anybody anymore and it works and whatever. So that's the book. All right. Um, however, <laughs> once Sophie gets back to the cave with the giant after he kidnaps her, he tries to explain to her, you know, that the other giants are bad and all these things about them and like what's going on and why he had to take her and all this stuff. And in their conversation, he mentions how the giants prefer certain types of people. Oh, no. And then why they do not prefer other types of people. Oh, no. Which is where the racism starts. Starts? Because, because okay. Um, <laughs> so, he says the Turks taste like turkey. Oh, which my. could be funny. You think it's funny because, like, it's a kid's book. But no, he's just being racist. Huh. He says... Eskimos repeatedly, which I'm pretty sure is a word you're not supposed to say. Like, aren't you supposed to call them Inuits? Uh, like they don't like the term Eskimo. I don't fucking know. But I don't know. He says they have to eat Eskimos because they live in the north, and when they get too hot, they eat Eskimos because it makes them cold. <laughs> the Greeks are greasy, and so they don't eat them. They don't like them. Oh, like grease greasy mm-hmm. oh and then they go to the hot lands which you and i both know where that is to uh-huh. eat hot and tots hot and tots um. um. i was like what the fuck um and i mean <laughs> he goes on and on like there's a ton of other countries like that he goes on and talks to them, uh, talks to her about. But I picked out the pretty bad ones. Um, the Greek one to me was like the worst one. Oh my god! But I, I, I read an article that <laughs> I read an article um, about him as an author, and this lady was saying that like he was essentially a bigot. Like he was a bro back in his time. Oh, and. He wrote children's books to make extra money. And if there is an innuendo or something in the book that you think he meant, he probably meant it. Oh. Because that's the kind of person he was. And I don't, I don't know. Like, reading the book again as an adult makes me hate it now. Oh. Like, it's sad because it was one of my favorite books as a kid. But, like, I don't know. I'm not sure I would feel comfortable with my child reading this book. Oh, no. Because, like, 
Sophie's literally like stolen away from her bed by a giant man like in her nightgown and like yeah there's all this these racist but not terms for all these different you know cultures and ethnicities and I just and then there's a part where she's talking about like why she doesn't care if she goes back to the orphanage or not and like the headmistress lady that runs it essentially if they're caught out of bed after they go to sleep even if they have to go to the bathroom then she locks them in a dark cellar for a full night and a full day wow and it's like did a child called it like evolve from this book oh my goodness like it was with him and like weird child punishments i i don't know so that i mean she talks about that and then like i don't know like it talks about him gobbling or these giants gobbling up children like that's kind of graphic <laughs> like yeah um there are some cool parts of the book that i enjoyed um he talks about how he has these big ears and so he can hear things that other people can't. And one of the things he can hear are like animals and like plants. Ooh, okay. And sometimes even the stars. Because he has such developed hearing, he can hear them. And he says this thing where he's like, Sophie doesn't believe him most of the time because, and he makes the comment multiple times in the book um, that humans have a hard time believing anything that they can't see. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's true. I mean, nobody believes anything they can't see. I mean, yeah, children believe in Santa Claus because they still have that innocence and that imagination. But, like, you couldn't convince an adult to believe in Santa Claus. Mm-mm. So, <clears throat> it's interesting because even though Sophie's a child, um, she's kind of had to grow up because she's an orphan. Like, she doesn't have somebody constantly nurturing her and, like... She's got to figure out her own way to do things. So for her to already have such a cynical mindset, like, because I feel like most children, if you told them, oh, magic's real, they're going to be like, I know that already. Hello. (laughs) Like, (laughs) um, but Sophie's like, no, 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 that's not true. Like, that can't be true. So um, he tries to tell her, like, he can hear plants. And he says um he's trying to explain like what he means by it because she's telling her like they don't talk but he can understand what they're saying so it it's strange but he says um he says they make noise for instance if i come along and i pick a lovely flower and i twist the stem of the flower till it breaks then the plant is screaming i can hear it screaming and screaming very clear and he's like it is screaming just like you would be screaming if someone was twisting your arm off which is a terrifying visual for i feel like a seven or an eight year old a little bit yeah (laughs) but it's interesting because it's like you know he's trying to say that everything has feeling yeah which is an important lesson for children because like i agree with that your feelings are are good are a good thing yeah um and it's important to like treat the earth well and yeah stuff like that yeah it's like the lorax kind of yeah 
So I don't know. I thought it was interesting. And the other thing that's really cool about the giant is the whole dream thing. Um, he climbs up this to this area that's like dreamland and he catches dreams and like even though I feel like he tries to make up for the sins of the other giants by trying to bring joy to humans because he doesn't eat them. Okay. Um, in the book though, it's funny because when he takes Sophie up to get to, to get dreams, um, on their way back down, they had, well, on their, while, while they were up there, they caught a nightmare and on their way back down, he was like, do you want to see something funny? And he blows the nightmare at the giants and they have this horrible nightmare about Jack and the Beanstalk. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, the only human the giants are scared of is Jack and his Beanstalk. And it's just like funny because it's a nod to the um, story of Jack and the Beanstalk. But like, um, she gets to see the giants being scared, like because they're so scary. Mm -hmm. Um. But the dreams thing is cool. Like he can mix dreams and like make his like make them how he wants them. Oh. And this whole book, like, okay, dude. <laughs> I swear to God, when I was a kid, I could have sworn I watched an animated version of the BFG. Yeah. Like, I could have sworn I did. Well, I googled it last night and there was one that came out in like 1989 and I found it on YouTube. So I'm looking at it on YouTube and I'm watching it start and I'm like, this doesn't look familiar at all. And so I skip a little bit and I'm like, yeah, no, this isn't ringing any bells. And I skip like around through the whole movie and I'm like, I do not remember this at all. And I couldn't find another movie. So either I'm crazy or maybe I just had such like a vivid imagination as a child that I imagined watching this in a movie because I swear to God, like I remember scenes of the movie in my head. Like I watched them and I don't think that I ever did. Huh? I, because usually I can, yeah, I mean, maybe you did see the animated one. I, the animated one that I found, I had never seen before. So I was Hmm. really confused. Um, The funniest part about the book is just the simple fact that it's in England, so, because he's British, but um, their plan is to convince humans that giants exist so that they can capture these evil giants and they won't kill anybody anymore. Well... The only person they could think of to do that would be, obviously, the Queen of England. Who else would you go to to solve a problem Yeah, in England Other besides the Queen, the Queen of England? So yeah. <laughs> they devised this plan to create a nightmare. This is all Sophie's idea. To create a nightmare um, where... Um, children are going missing in England and the giants are taking them from their beds and um, then a big friendly giant shows up essentially like telling her what's going to happen next so then when they do it she believes it do you know what I'm saying if you have a dream if you have a dream that like you know the zombie apocalypse is going to start and then you wake up the next morning and some crazy person runs down the street. You're like, Oh shit. Mm -hmm. Yes. Have that moment of like, Oh my God, my dream was real. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, so they go to the Queen of England and they give her the dream. She has the nightmare. And at the end of the nightmare, she wakes up and there's a girl sitting at her windowsill that tells her about the big friendly giant and everything that happens. So Sophie's sitting there waiting. The lady wakes up. They go through the motions and the queen of England is now convinced the giants exist after one conversation with an eight-year-old girl. Of course, um, yes. And she sends the military to capture the giants and the giants get thrown in a giant prison and <laughs> nobody's missing anymore. It's ridiculous, but it's so funny. Like <laughs> all the things that they talk about in the book that they do in order for the big friendly giant to come into the ballroom and have breakfast with them the morning that he's there. Like he has to sit like on a chair on a piano and they have to stack all these things up so that they can make a table for him because it's Britain. So you have to be proper. You can't just have this guy sitting on the floor <laughs> like next to the table and chairs that you're sitting at. We have to give him a table and chairs, obviously. So um, that's pretty cute. It is pretty cute. Um, one of the other cute parts is like he drinks this drink called Frobscottle. Ooh, what's that? Um, all the all the names and stuff in here make no fucking sense. Like he eats um a snozcumber and he drinks Frobscottle, and Frobscottle is this like fizzy drink that mm-hmm. tastes. I think in the book they mention like cherries and vanilla and some other stuff, but it's essentially like a soda. Okay. And Sophie's intrigued by it because it's lime green and the bubbles float down instead of going up. Oh. And she's like, your drink's wrong. The bubbles are going the wrong way. And the giant tells her, no, they're going the right way. And Sophie's like, well, our bubbles go up. And he's like, well, if they go up, then you burp and that's gross. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's rude. You don't do that. And Sophie's like, well, if your bubbles are going down, that means you're going to have a far nastier result. And he's like, no, 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 no. That's music. And so the giants think farts are funny and they're music and they're entertainment. Okay. And Sophie is disgusted. (laughs) But you drink this drink and you fart. And so he brings it to the Queen of England. Oh, good Lord. And makes her try it. And she farts. And it's the funniest fucking thing. She's like, well, okay. <laughs> like, it was just, it was ridiculous. Um, let me see here. Anything else? Oh, um, speaking of innuendos. Oh, dear. Um, so this Nazcumber that he eats because he doesn't eat humans. And this is the only thing that grows in giant country. Okay. It is described questionably in the book it has a questionable name if we're being completely honest exactly okay so i will read you what he describes this thing as okay let's go it was about half as long as an ordinary man but much thicker it was as thick around its girth as a perambulator it was black with white stripes along its length, and it was covered all over with coarse nobbles. Huh. Huh. Hmm. Huh. There are some choice words in that paragraph that yep. you could have. You could have described a different it word. Best. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. So everybody knows what you're talking about. Except a child. Thank God. Wow. Huh. Interesting. Yes. I'm learning and so much. Sophie is like horrified that these giants eat people and it's like terrifying and she can't stop thinking about it, which is why they devise this plan. But the giant tells her at one point, um, you know, it's bad for giants to kill humans, but humans are the only creatures who kill their own kind. Oh. And Sophie's like, essentially, I mean, yeah, you got a point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which is an interesting thing to think about, because, like, I mean, generally speaking, you know, a lion doesn't attack another lion unless it's, like, a territorial thing. Yeah. But, I mean, they don't hunt each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no... Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the book. Um, It's okay. <laughs> I, I wouldn't let my children read it, I don't think. At least not at seven or eight years old. <laughs> Okay, see, that's good to know. Um, the movie, on the other hand, I watched um, the new-ish one with um, that Disney made. The Disney, um, okay, yeah. Made it in, like, 2016 or something. I never watched it when it came out because, I'll be honest I with you, it. it didn't look interesting to me at all. Yeah. Um. I it I don't know I just was like eh that book was for kids like I don't really want to see them screw up uh huh an adaptation of one of my favorite childhood books the movie was way better than the book I thought I mean at least as an adult um Steven Spielberg directed it which I think really helped okay because I mean you know he's a great actor or actor Jesus <laughs> director. <laughs> um, he did something in the movie industry um but the graphics and the cgi and like all the cool stuff they did um animation wise was probably the best part because it was live action but it wasn't you know like the bfg was the cgi and like all the giants were cgi but like the set was live action okay which I didn't know, I guess. I, I guess I didn't realize, like, that it was live action, but not. Um, hmm. Which at first was kind of strange, but then kind of cool. Um, the BFG was so much cooler in the movie because um, I don't remember who played him. I don't know really know him. But he... Um, brought so much life to the giant and they really like cut down the way he talks in the movie so like it's not like Jar Binks yeah no like he has some (laughs) you know eccentricities and things like the words that he does say in the book he says in the the movie but he's not as jumbled okay in the movie and is annoying um I actually thought it was funny how he was talking and he brings so much more character to the character which is I mean you'd think there's only so much you can do in a short kids book yeah um as far as character development 
but they really like developed his character in the movie way way more than they did in the book because if they did this book into a movie it would probably be like 45 minutes yeah (laughs) because it all happened within like a 24-hour period so like so it makes a better short film yeah so the movie was like an hour and a half two hours and they added things to the movie which normally i don't like when you add shit to movies if they're not in the book but they really did like a service to the book by adding the stuff in there um in the movie you find out that the bfg had stolen one other child before which was not in the book at all um it was a little boy who like sophie saw him when he wasn't supposed to um and so he had to kidnap him and he had him for a while um and then you find out that the other giants found him and ate him. Oh, okay. which is crazy. That's I was really not sad. expecting that. It is really sad. And um, so the giants like cave and the area where he keeps all of his dreams is like super cool in the movie. Like all the pretty colors for all the jars, all the dreams that he has. And like um, it's in this like secret part of his cave. And he has this. um part of a tree that's growing through the ground um, is dug out or it's like rocks or something like it's dug out and there's like all these little nooks and crannies in this like column of rock that goes in the middle of the room. Oh, Um, it reminds me of like the movie hook, like, you know how Tinkerbell lived inside like that light, but then there was also like the little nooks and crannies in the movie Peter Pan, where Tinkerbell slept. Like, yes, like in the drawer and stuff. Yeah, like how there's all these like little nooks and crannies. Well, um, there's a part in the movie where the giants think he has another human. And so they trample through his house and like tear it apart trying to find Sophie. Um, And Sophie's like running around. And, like, the borrower's style, like, jumping on things, like, trying to get away from these giants as they're trying to find her, but they can smell her. And she finds this little nook and cranny, and inside of it is, like, a bed with a desk, and there's, like, papers taped to the wall, and it's pictures of, like, a kid's drawing of the BFG and a little boy, and he's, like, me and the BFG, and, like, she finds the room that he used to sleep in. Oh, and so Sophie finally realizes, you know, what's been going on. And because he, in the, right before all of this happened, he had tried to take her back to the orphanage and drop her off because he was afraid the giants were going to find her. And they had built this relationship of trust. So he's like, I can trust her to not say anything. So I'm just going to take her back to the orphanage. So she, he dropped her off and tried to make her dream the giants killing her so that she would stay and not try to come back but yeah. she eventually convinces him like you know i'll be fine i'll go back and so she goes back with him huh. which wasn't in the book at all but it's interesting because you know you find out at the very beginning of the book and the movie the giants are bullying him because he's smaller than them and he doesn't eat humans so they think he's weird yeah 
So they bully him. Like, they play ball with his body. Like, they throw him around. Like, oh. And they're okay. mean to him. They break all of his stuff. They yell at him and whatever. Um, and in the movie, you see it a little bit more. But Sophie's like, you can't let them talk to you like that. Like, you have to stand up for yourself. Like, they shouldn't be allowed to treat you that way. And he never does anything to stop it. But towards the end, when the giants are trying to find Sophie and they're tearing his dream room apart, um, he, like, grabs a hot poker from his fire and he's, like, touching them with it. Like, get out of my house, get out of my house. And he actually stands up for himself. And you see, like, his character progression, which you don't see in the book because it's for children and it's very small. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's cute. I like that. Yeah. And the ending is much funnier um, when the BFG goes to England and they talk to the queen. And it's funny because there's, like, the queen has a bunch of corgis because, you know, the queen of England loves corgis. Of course, yes. Um, But there's corgis in the movie good and so it's all of these funny people reacting to like this giant that they didn't know existed that they now have to squeeze into buckingham palace (laughs) and feed and he's never had anything in his life besides these stupid snozcumber things that apparently taste like shit so in the movie it's super cool because you get to watch him like trying all these different foods like um like i can't believe i've never had this before and whatever um but then he busts out that stupid probscottle shit um and in the movie you actually get to see everybody in the room try it like even the generals and the military um the queen and the first ones that drink it all and fart he puts a bowl on the floor and the dogs drink it (laughs) and you see these dogs like their farts like sending them flying out of the room and like down the hallway (laughs) and then like the generals fart and then the queen farts and everybody just starts laughing like it's ridiculous because you know you could never fart in front of the queen of england of course not (laughs) and the queen of england does not fart exactly (laughs) so it's just ridiculous but it was really funny um and then they go so in the in the book um they go capture the giants while they're sleeping with helicopters like operation dumbo drop style where they're like hanging from the helicopter and they're (laughs) okay them away um right (laughs) and while the military is going to get the um giants apparently everybody else in england is digging a hole giant enough for the giants which i don't know how you manage to do that that quickly um (laughs) to create a prison for them um and so they bring the giants back, they put them in their prison, and then they're stuck there and they feed them snozcumbers and that's all they're allowed to eat. And people can come by and laugh at them or whatever, like, they're on display. Oh. In the movie, um, they go get the giants on the helicopters and they drop them off at a remote island all by themselves because the giants are terrified of water. Like, they cannot get wet. They hate water. They're terrified of it. So they drop them in the water and they get to the shore of this island. They realize they're surrounded by water, so they're stuck. Ha. And the queen drops a box of snozcumber seeds and that's what they're going to (laughs) eat. I like that. Uh, 
I do. I like it. And I like the further part of the ending because in the book, it's for kids. So they're like, Sophie gets to live in the palace and they built a house next door for the giant. Like, that's never going to happen. That's not real yeah. life. Um, but you find out that the the queen's like right hand chick, like her lady's maid, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. um, adopts Sophie Aww. in the movie. Um, so Sophie lives with her at the palace. And the BFG gets all of giant country to himself now and has started farming all of these vegetables and things that he's never been able to have before. He has like infinite garden and farm of all of this food. And because he has such large ears, Sophie can still talk to him um, because she can say things to him and he can hear her all the way in giant country. That's cute. It was super cute. The ending was so good. I loved it so much more than the book. Like, it was honestly a great movie. Like, we have Disney Plus, so you should watch it because it was really good. I might have to watch that, like, now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I honestly, I recommend it because it was so good. Like, I would totally let my kids watch the movie. <laughs> Just not read the book. Like, yeah, because, I mean, the gobbling of children is scary enough. But, I mean, that happens a lot in kids' stuff where, like, you want your kids to be afraid of strangers so that they don't get kidnapped. Like, yeah. that's the reasoning behind it. But, um, I don't know. It was... It was a it was a it was a really good movie. I really really enjoyed it. Huh. I'm going to have to watch that for sure. It sounds really interesting. Yeah, I mean Steven Spielberg like he did such a fantastic job like capturing the magic and like the wonder of giant country and like the dream catching. Um and I feel like like I said before, like he really gave the BFG like more personality. And really made him, like, the friendly giant. Yeah. And I just, I would watch it again right now. Like, there's so many cool things about the movie. Like, all the different details in the giant's cave. Like, he sleeps in a ship. He sleeps in a ship? Like a... Yes. Like a pirate ship. Oh, that's cool. Um, And, like, he puts Sophie in the mast at the top so she can sleep in the mast. Oh. Um... In the crow's nest i mean um and like he has like a secret passageway to get to his dream spot and like once he moves the once he gets over to the other side and he closes the the drawbridge essentially water comes cascading down because the giants don't like water so they can't get through it oh so if they ever came in um, they wouldn't be able to be back there, but when they did break in, they had, like, a big thing they used to stop the water, so they got through, but normally they wouldn't have even thought about that. Oh. Um, and all of the dreams are cool. Um, he reads some of the dreams in the book, mm-hmm. um, and they read some of them in the movie, too, but you actually get to see, like, he takes Sophie out um and blows a dream in a kid's room and you see like the silhouette on the wall of what the dream is doing and what the kid is hearing or like visualizing in his head that's cute Um, okay it is cute um and in the movie and the book i mean the book ends and you find out that the bfg is the one who wrote the story oh um 
trying to remember. I copied all of these pages and I totally forgot to copy the last one, which I thought was super cool. Um, but in the, the movie, they also show you like the BFG's table and he's like writing the story of him and Sophie. Um, which is cool. Like, I like that they were like, um, they kept it similar, like the yeah. book and the movie, um, as far as where the book came from and who wrote it. That's cool. I like that. But yeah, it was it was pretty good. Hmm. I definitely liked the movie more than the book. I mean, I can understand why I liked it as a kid because it's like giants and stuff. And I mean, I love fantasy and Harry Potter and stuff like that. So I can see why I was drawn to it. But like, uh, I'm really glad I didn't understand everything that was going on. In- <laughs> yeah, I racism. Mm hmm. Crazy. Wouldn't, wouldn't have expected that one at all. Me either. I was literally like not I had no idea. I mean, I'm not surprised now having reread reread the book as an adult, but yeah. As a kid, I had no idea, which is for the best. Yes. Yes. But that's all I had on the BFG. I mean, it was a really short book. Watch the movie though, it's fantastic. I'm definitely going to do that. I've got all this free time oh I know (laughs) I have all this free time I don't have to get up as early and I don't have to drive home 45 minutes to an hour so I have all this time once I'm done with work I just walk to the living room it's very strange (laughs) (laughs) same (laughs) but I think this was real lit I agree um (laughs) back in two weeks to talk about things that we don't know yet and probably won't know for another week (laughs) because we're really good at this we we like to procrastinate so we couldn't tell you what we're gonna do for the next episode because at this point we don't even have an idea in our head i i I have an idea oh i don't have an idea what's your idea idea. i might do it's kind of a funny story just because i really want to watch the movie And it gives me an excuse to reread the book. I want to do something I haven't read before or watched before. Ooh. Read or watched? Or both? Both. Like, wow. So, we'll see. Hmm. We'll see if I get there. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll see in two weeks. (laughs) But it was nice being here again hopefully you guys are listening because you're stuck at home and there isn't anything else to do um or because you really like us hopefully the second one hopefully it's that one (laughs) (laughs) but we'll see you in two weeks bye bye